0: This is the Lottery Podcast on Blue Wire Network. I'm John Wasserman, lead NBA draft writer for Bleach Report. This week's episode is brought to you by therna 1 CBD, NFL Sunday Ticket and Bet Online. This is the first pod I'm recording since the lottery has taken place. I've actually been doing other people's podcasts. I didn't have time for my own. I also have a newborn son at home, and I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing. Um, and so uh, I apologize for being a couple days uh, late. On, on this pod. And so I figured, uh, you know, this is a good, um, good time for me to sit down and go through the lottery results, A, kind of talk through what each team may be thinking, prospects they're looking at, potential trade scenarios, and any other implications based on the order. Um, and then I'll go through my new big board, um, which will be released on Thursday, August 28th. Um, a new top 30 with more analysis than usual. Um, so I'll go through it. I made some I made some changes. I mean, all this extra time, I, I don't know if this is going to work for me or against me in terms of, you know, when we look back at my analysis. Like, am I overthinking because I have all this extra time? Um, or has this extra time been useful because I'm watching a shitload more film than I have in years past? I'm even going back, you know, I'm watching games multiple times, games I've seen. I need to refresh my mind. You know, I haven't watched some of these games in months, so it's important to go back. Uh, And I've also been doing a lot of reaching out to scouts. I had a recent article on Bleacher Report on what scouts are saying, and I heard some interesting stuff, so check that out on Bleacher Report, and I'm sure during this episode I'll release some of the information I heard from these scouts and executives that I've been talking to. Okay, so the lottery's played out, the Timberwolves have the first pick, and i got to say, I don't really know what they're going to do. Um, my initial reaction was Anthony Edwards. I, the more I've thought about it, I'm starting to think maybe it's Lamella Ball. Um, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know who they think is the best player available. The S30 scouts are going to hear 15 say they like Ball, 15 say they like Edwards. I'm guessing James Wiseman won't be in the conversation with Carl anthony Towns there. The only other surprise option I can think would be Obi Toppin. Going number one, and honestly, if Obi Toppin went first, I wouldn't be shocked. In fact, I forget what his odds are. Go check Bet Online. Um, but if I were to make like a long shot bet, Obi Toppin would be an interesting one um, because there are guys out there who see a very safe play with upside in the draft, where there's a lot of uncertainty with Ball, a lot of uncertainty with Edwards, and of course, Wet Wiseman and Carl Tams can't fit. And Obi Toppin would would be a you know he could fit at that power forward spot. and Give Minnesota, two really, really good offensive big men. Of course, defensively, I mean, it could be a disaster. Um, but that could also happen with LaMelo, who's not very good defensively. And Anthony Edwards, who, you know, half the time decides he's really not interested in defending. But anyway, the thought process from Minnesota, of course, they acquired D'Angelo Russell. They're going to give him the ball. I mean, that's, I assume that's why they went out and got him. Of course, they also got Wiggins off, um, off the books. But I'm betting that they really believed in, in Russell, and they really trust him with the ball and, and, and like what he does there. So to kind of quickly take him off the ball for a rookie, an unproven rookie, I just part of me thinks that they won't go that route, and they'll take Edwards, who is the easier fit on paper, explosive wing, a go-to score between Russell, between Towns. Um, so on paper, he fits, I think, the easiest. However, I've had LaMelo Ball as the number one prospect on my board all season, and I do think it can work with letting ball play to his strengths as a setup passer and Russell who has experience you know playing a combo role, he's six five he's a good shooter. Um, so I think he's capable of playing the two. And on the other hand, Minnesota, they just may be so enticed by star power and I think Lamelo has that star power um, and uh, so there's a case for both guys. Again, I, d- I don't know what they're gonna do and I'm gonna ask around. Obviously, Minnesota's not going to tip their cap and let me know what they're doing. Um, but I'm curious to hear what other NBA guys are thinking. Again, my gut reaction was Edwards, just because it made it was an easier fit. At the same time, I could see them thinking LaMelo Ball is the better prospect on paper, plus the star power it could give him the edge in the conversation. Um, and then, of course, Minnesota could look to trade this pick. Because, let's face it, they've kind of been stuck in the middle of nowhere for a long time. I don't think LaMelo or Anthony Edwards is moving the needle for them anytime soon. And, you know, Towns is going to get unhappy pretty soon. they got to start winning games. Um, And so they're certainly going to take calls whether or not anyone's going to offer enough for the number one pick this year because the number one pick this year is not as valuable as it typically would be. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, of course, or Minnesota could trade down for a guy like Obi Toppin. Um, And, you know, maybe Chicago would love the chance to get LaMelo Ball and uh, you know, play that point guard spot and unlock the talent from the other guys because that's what LaMelo is, is good at. That's going to be his bread and butter, making guys around him better with his set passing. But I think Minnesota has an interesting decision. I think ideally they're going to want to trade the pick. The question is whether or not they're going to get enough return for the number one overall selection. And then we have Golden State at number two. If I were to bet money, I don't think Golden State's picking this pick. I don't see anybody on the board there. I mean, unless they totally reach for a guy who, you know, like a media and fans wouldn't think would, good enough to go number two, like if they took Denny of Dia. Um, yeah, that's possible. I, I, I don't think they're going to pick a two. I think they're either going to trade out or trade down. Um, but if Lamelo goes one uh, or Edwards goes one, it'll be interesting to see if they take James Wiseman. I just don't, I don't really, I don't really see why Golden State would want Wiseman just because of the fact that, and I know I've been hard on Wiseman all year, but like they they could just get any athletic big man in free agency, like a Willie Collie stein to play that same role. Because you put Wiseman on that team, he's going to be the fifth option in the offense. His role is going to be pretty much just basic catch and finish. Um, And you can just get a cheap free agent to do that. You know, the offense is going to run through Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins. They're not going to feed the ball to Wiseman. I mean, he'll run the floor, he'll put back misses, but you can get a cheap free agent to do that. Um, So anyway, that's personally why I wouldn't take Wiseman, if I was Golden State, and why, I, in my mind, I can't picture them doing that. Bob Myers did go to that Oregon game. I mean, Wiseman only played three games. The only one worth watching was the Oregon game. I mean, And Bob Myers was there. Wiseman wasn't very good that game. I, I don't think it's going to move the needle much. I'm sure they've seen plenty of his film in, in high school. Um, and then again, I, I also don't think they're going to take LaMelo. Even though I love the idea of LaMelo going to Golden State, I don't think they'd do it. Um, and then, and then Anthony Edwards, I think is an easier fit just based on the guy who can, you know, they could say, okay, we could always use a wing who can make shots. Like every team could use that. And so, uh, I could see them taking Edwards, but my gut says they trade down or they trade out again. It'll be interesting to see what offers they get. I keep bringing up like Chicago, like Chicago and number four, they're probably not going to get a game changer. I think LaMelo ball could be a game changer for them in terms of moving the needle and getting them over the hump. Uh, but anyway, Golden State's going to have an interesting decision. Um, number three, Charlotte Hornets. They just got to go best player available. They cannot look at fit and needs. That team is, I know Devontae Graham had a breakout season, but it's a blank canvas roster there. And, and P.J. Washington, good player, but none of these guys are like sure thing all-stars who, who you can build around for the future. I mean, if, they, if if LaMelo Ball falls to them, they can't be like, oh, well, we have Devontae Graham. I, they better take LaMelo Ball if he falls to them. Um, And Anthony Edwards, um, yeah, he's in that mix too as the best player available if if he makes it to number three and and a guy who I think could play with Devontae Graham. I'm not even going to talk about Terry Rozier because, you know, he was a quick fix signing for them. I don't see him part of the long-term future. You can always throw him in six-man spot. Um, And then James Wiseman, I mean, I keep bringing up Wiseman because it does sound like he is going to go top five. I have Onyeka Okongu as the better-ranked player and and obviously better-ranked big man, Uh, but I might be in the minority in that. And I think teams are still going to be willing to chase the upside with Wiseman, who, of course, would, in Charlotte, at the five position, I mean, they've been looking for a center there for a while now, throw a room protector like Wiseman next to P.J. Washington, who can space the floor, a good offensive player. Um, so that fits. And uh, I guess I, if, if LaMelo and Edwards go 1-2, I have a hard time seeing Charlotte passing on Wiseman. Um, but at the under, on the other hand, I could also see Obi Toppin being a pick just based on best player available, sure thing type of guy. I mean, Charlotte needs a sure thing, even though he's kind of in the same position as P.J. Washington. I, again, I don't think they can pay attention to that, but just something else to throw out there. Chicago's picking at number four. I think they should at least make an attempt to trade up for LaMelo Ball. Uh, I don't know who they give up. I know Markkinen is a guy who I think people are not fully sold on. Um. Alan Porter's not gonna hold that value. Uh I I mean Zach Levine eh, I think they're gonna keep him. I don't think that they'd make that move to go up two spots and get rid of a 25-point score, even though there are a lot of questions about Levine's impact despite the production. I don't think they're gonna trade Kobe White yet, because I just I don't think they know it fully what they have, and he was really, really good down the stretch. But let's just say they stick at four. Uh, Denny Adia to me sticks out as like an obvious guy who is in the conversation for best player available and a fit in that lineup with his versatility. I mean, they have scores and shot hunters again with Levine and Mark and, him and Kobe and White. Adia is a jack of all trades. I'll do whatever you need type of guy. Pass, uh, spot up shooting, transition play, defensive IQ, and most importantly to me, a guy who shows a willingness to be a role player. I mean, obviously you hope that he's more than a role player, but you watch him in EuroLeague when his job was pretty much spot up around the arc, he did it willingly, uh, and he was unselfish. He made the right plays. He was efficient in EuroLeague. Um, and then, of course, in the Israeli league, which he was just named MVP, we saw a little bit more flashes of uh, go-to potential, a little bit more creativity, give him the ball, watch him work. Uh, and hopefully that could be a player he turns out to be later on. But right away, he's going to be a spot-up guy, and uh, he's got the unselfishness. um to To be that player for Chicago, Um, other guys who would fit, I think Isaac Okoro is is a fit there with his um, defensive presence between Markinen and Levine. I think number four is too much of a reach on Okoro. I've kind of cooled on him a little bit, Um, and I've talked to some scouts. Actually, the last three scouts I talked to all this week were all kind of questioning why Okoro, you know, why the media was so high on him. He's maybe six six, best case. He's not a creator. He's not a shooter. So there were some questions about him from the scouting community. At the other, on the other hand, he's very likable. I mean, he's he's not going to make many mistakes. He's not going to take bad shots. He's going to finish very efficiently inside the arc, and he's going to bring um, plus defense to your lineup. Of course, again, Obi Toppin, potential best player available for Chicago. I think if you take Obi, you got to look to trademark Um I think Wendell Carter... I'd probably still take him over Markkinen long-term, even though he's been hurt. Markkinen, you know, I was never super high on him coming out of college. I had him ranked, I think, 15th um, in that draft. And I know he's got that stretchability, but I don't think he makes guys around him better. I don't think he's much of a defender. And if he's not making outside shots, you know, is he adding value? Is he a liability? Uh, Inconsistency, he hasn't made a big jump. So I think that would be an interesting move. Take Obi. And then look to deal marketing for for a player who helps a little bit more. I also like the idea of Halliburton in Chicago. Uh, Personally, number four is too high for me. I would look to trade down for him. But in this draft, I think, you know, if you you like a guy, you take him. Because there's really not much of a difference between four and 15, which is why I have Halliburton on my board. But I do like what he brings to the table for Chicago. A passer, a spot-up shooter, a low-maintenance guy. I mean, with Levine and marketing and... Renato a Porter and, and Kobe, I mean, they need a low-maintenance guy who doesn't need the ball. And, and Halliburton can impact games without taking many shots. Cleveland at number five, I mean, again, best player available. They have no idea what this roster has. I mean, there is no identity to this team. They were rebuilding, and then they were trying to compete by trading for Andre Drummond. Um, I don't know if Drummond is there long-term. We don't know if Kevin Love is there long-term. We don't know if Darius Garland is a starting caliber point guard. We don't know if he's going to work with Colin Sexton. We don't know if Colin Sexton's production is really indicative of his impact. I mean, there's just so many question marks with this team and this roster and and the individual players. I mean, Kevin Porter might be a better prospect than Sexton and then Garland. Um, so again, they have to just stockpile talent and assets and figure out what to do with them later. So they shouldn't be worrying about position. Um, I mean, if, if they think Halberton's the best player, take Halberton. Uh, if they can trade up for LaMelo Ball, trade up for LaMelo Ball. Obi Toppin is a guy who, again, I keep going to bring up as best player available to me. Is just a safe, obvious producer in the NBA, and he may be there at number five. Um, I love Devin Vassell from Florida State. Maybe a bit of a reach at number five, but I think that not only is he in the mix for potential best player available, um, even though I do have a few guys higher than him. He would be a nice uh, fit for this particular Cleveland roster if, if you know if it does remain intact. They could use a 3-and-D wing, and he, to me he's the best 3-and-D wing in this class. And, of course, Denny Dia would be um, another best player available option for Cleveland and a good fit uh, for his versatility at that 3-4 spot. I'm sure Cleveland will look at Isaac Okoro, who is, uh, you know, they could definitely use his defensive toughness in the middle of that lineup. Um, again, if they if they like what they have there on the roster um, and, and they think Okoro is a good fit, which he obviously is, he's certainly going to be an option for them. And then there's Onyeka Okongwu. To me, he'd be the best player available. He's top three on my board. And, uh, you know, I think he's got a lot more upside than, or at least to this particular roster, than Drummond. And Drummond gives them nice finishing and rebounding. But I'll take Okongwu's, Defensive upside, which Cleveland could use more than Drummond's rebounding and finishing. I think Okongu gives you the same type of finishing with his athleticism around the basket. And I think Okongu is a better offensive player. I mean, I know we kind of think of him as just more of a a dunker and shot blocker, but he's skilled. He's more skilled than James Wiseman, in my opinion. And somebody who I think you can actually feature in the half court and ask to create a high-percentage shot against a set defense. He's very skilled with the back to the basket. Facing up, you know, inside 12 feet, very good footwork, touch with both hands, shot 71, 72% from the free throw line, 15 to 35 on half-court jump shots. I think he's just a skilled offensive player. He doesn't get enough credit for that skill. Um, so to me, between his his scoring attack inside, you know, 12, 15 feet plus his defensive upside, I'm, I'm very high on Okongu, and I think, again, he'd be a nice addition, uh, particularly with his defensive upside to that core. Number six, the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, I've been talking all year about Tyrese Halliburton as such a good fit for that Hawks team. They rely so much on Trey Young. He leads the NBA in time of possession. They rely so much on him to generate offense. I think they could use a secondary ball handler, a good decision maker at the two spot. And not only is he another player who can run pick and rolls, find open teammates, um, and someone who doesn't really need the ball, he could play that two spot. He ran to the 99th percentile on spot-ups. He shot almost 50% on catch-and-shoot chances. I love Halliburton's fit um, in Atlanta next to Trey. I think he'll be there at number six overall. If not, the same type of guys that we just talked about should be in play for Atlanta. Abdia uh, with his wing play and, and, and versatility. Um, and probably you could play him at the four spot as well. Actually, I think Adia probably is better at the fourth spot. If, if the more we talk about it, uh, and same thing, Okoro gives them a defender. Atlanta was bottom five in the league in defensive efficiency, and he gives them another guy who can lock down and somebody who's very efficient offensively. And Okangu, I know they just acquired Clint Capella, but you know what is Capella anymore? I'm not really sure. He hasn't played that much lately. He's still mostly just a dunker and shot blocker. Again, I think Okangu brings a little more offensive upside with that same defensive presence around the basket. And then again, Devin Bissell, another 3-and-D player who Atlanta could use. Atlanta's going to have options. To me, Halliburton makes the most sense in terms of his fit with the lineup, what they're looking for, um, and I guess he's really in that same tier of best player available. The Pistons, again, best player available, blank canvas roster, You know, regardless uh, of Blake Griffin's health or what Christian Wood does in free agency. They have nobody they can bank on. I mean, we don't know what Griffin's going to be like. He's obviously on a different timeline than the other guys on the roster. You know, Siku, some nice flashes as an 18-, 19-year-old, but we don't know what he's going to be. Kennard's a good player, not probably a star-type player. Uh, So, you know, ideally they get a, a point guard. Halliburton, to me, jumps out again as somebody that they're going to target. Um... I'm still not giving up on Cole Anthony, although it seems like a lot of scouts have really jumped off the wagon. It'll be interesting to see what Detroit likes or or thinks about Cole. Okongru, again, to me, best player available. He's an easy pick for me at number seven and somebody who I think really could be available, particularly if Cleveland goes wing. Um, And then we get to the Knicks. I know the Knicks fans were disappointed falling to number eight. Part of me thinks it's going to be a blessing in disguise. Of course, if they were to get LaMelo, that would have been ideal. But Edwards, to me, would have been a bad fit in New York. I didn't see it working with Edwards. Um, and By the way, backtracking to Detroit, Killian Hayes. I should have mentioned him. I think he should be in play. He's top five on my board. Uh, they need a point guard. And, and, and again, the Knicks are going to look at Killian Hayes. My gut says they won't take him. Um, and I maybe part of it has to do with not taking another French point guard um, and, and the reaction that fans would have. You know, I don't know if Leon Rose kind of wants to win over fans with his first pick at the end of the day. All that's going to matter is is, is this player going to be good, you know, in a couple a, a year from now? And that'll obviously win over fans. Um, my gut says that they don't take a chance with Killian Hayes and they go with someone they're more familiar with. Um, to me, Devin Vassell should be the guy. I think he is, uh, you know, I'm a little bit worried with the Knicks taking an a 18 19 year old point guard, it's just not a situation set up for a a teenage point guard to succeed, right? I mean, a guy like Killian Hayes is going to need good players around him, and he doesn't have that in New York. I think New York would probably be hesitant to add, again, another poor shooter to their core that already features R.J. Barrett, who's a below-average shooter for his position, Mitchell Robinson, who is a non-shooter. Julius Randle's not part of the long-term core, but he's in the starting lineup, and he's not a good shooter. Throw Killian Hayes in there, it's just... I think that they're going to value shooting, and they're going to hope that the guy that they had could shoot. Killing, uh, Devin Vassell gives them defense and shooting on the wing. Somebody they could build with long term with R.J. and with Mitchell Robinson. He may not be the sexiest pick. He may not have the most upside. There may be guys with higher ceilings left on the board, but he's a safe pick. Um, you know, I, I just I don't have any confidence in anybody else becoming a star in New York based on who they have. Um, I do love Killian Hayes. I actually have him higher, ranked higher in a vacuum than Vassell, but I just can't see Hayes' career taking off in New York, surrounded by non-shooters um, and really limited talent. So to me, I've, I've talked about Vassell a lot. I also love his teammate Patrick Williams, um, who I have ranked 8-9 and in my big board, which I'll talk about later in the pod. Again, I question these young guys developing in New York you know, ideally Patrick Williams goes to a team with veterans and he can play to his strengths early and then take his time. Um, Cole Anthony, I'm sure the Knicks are going to think about. I, I don't know if the Knicks will pull the trigger on Cole. I'm sure that he has some support um, and he'd be a maybe a fan favorite type of guy, obviously coming from New York and, and a well-known player. Um, the scouts I talk to, I mean, like it's just hard to find a guy who still has Cole right tech top 10. Um, so... Anyway, I'll keep saying Visele to New York to me is, is my safe play. I don't know what they're going to do, but that's the pick I would make if I was New York and, and no, nobody really slipped to them. I would take Obi if he was there. Okangu to me is the best player available. It really you know, makes things tricky. Okangu and Mitchell Robinson obviously can't play together, and Mitchell's probably the best prospect on New York. So I, I don't know what you do with Okangu there Um But anyway, yeah, Vassell to New York is is what I've been preaching. Vassell to the Wizards at number nine also makes sense. Man, they could really use a 3 and D wing. Um, really Hachimura is not a very good defender or three-point shooter. I think Vassell is perfect for that three spot. Uh, Okangu also perfect for Washington. Gives them a rim protector, another high-percentage score. Isaac Okoro, another big-time defender they could throw in between Beal and Hachimura. So I think Washington's going to come away with a good player who actually fits the lineup. It's just you know tough to say who it's going to be this early. And lastly, here Phoenix Suns. I'm guessing Phoenix doesn't make this pick. They got a lot of young players. They're clearly you know based on what we saw in the bubble, they're ready to make a jump. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be interested in adding another rookie. I think they're going to try and flip this pick for a veteran who could help them, you know, win more games next season and get them closer to competing um, in the playoffs. However, if they do stick at number 10, Killian Hayes, to me, should be a target. I know Ricky Rubio has played a big role in why Phoenix has kind of turned things around. Uh, but, you know, let Killian Hayes back him up for a couple years, and then eventually when Rubio gets into his mid-30s, he give the ball to Killian Hayes, who's a very good fit with his passing. And he is not a great shooter, but he'd have good shooters around him with Booker, with Cam Johnson, who's been a nice addition to that team. I don't know what Ubre um, is going to do if he's going to stick there long-term, and Killian Hayes and DeAndre Ayton working together. I love that. Of course, Vassell, again, I think is a fit for everybody. I also love Patrick Williams in Phoenix, um, playing that four spot with his versatility. Phoenix has options there at at number 10 who fit the lineup. Um, But again, I think Phoenix is going to trade this pick. I need to take a break here to shout out to Therna1CBD. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of age, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. James Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary TheraGun percussive therapy device, with Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic but still contain up to 30% filler and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic grown in the U.S. and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion, or massage oil to recover Body Bomb for targeted relief, and Sleep Tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, we you've got to go to TheraGun.com slash BlueWire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at TheraGun.com slash BlueWire. Only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash All right, we went through the top 10 in the lottery. Let's quickly go through my updated big board, which I literally just submitted to Bleacher Report within the past couple of hours. Um, I mean, you know the top. I have Lamelo at one. Um, I have Edwards at two. I have Okungu at three. Honestly, they're so close that fit could play a role. You know, in terms of where I think they should end up going after the draft. I'm going to do a big board post-draft, and it might change where I have each player because based on where each player winds up, I might see their future looking a little bit differently. But those are my top three right now, um, with Killian Hayes at number four, and really not far behind. Again, Killian Hayes is pretty much, to me, in the same tier as Okongwu and Edwards. I am pretty set on Lamello at number one. I've kind of had him as a soft number one, all year, I don't really see that changing um, unless some new discovery happens and like I go backwards, but that would probably be the worst thing that I could do, uh, is to make a last-minute change um, to my number one player, who's been number one since November. Uh, so again, Okongu Edwards, uh, Killian Hayes. Number five, Obi Toppin. Uh, a bit of me is a little bit scared taking a 22-year-old in the lottery because the track record of those guys is not very good. Um but again, explosive, 20 points a game, 65% from the field, 39% from downtown. He's got the skill um, in terms of what fits today's league with his uh, developing shot, his passing, and of course, his around the basket play. He's just a safe pick. He's going to produce. Um, and so I'm good with him at number five. Abdia number six, does a little bit of everything. Success in every league he's ever played in overseas uh, from early age till today. Um Number 7 is where I made a big jump. I'm moving Patrick Williams up. I talked to a couple of scouts, a couple of them who had him top 8. And uh, you know, when I when I create these boards and when I do my evaluations, I use other people's opinions too. Like I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the room. Um, I listen to some scouts who I value. And two really smartest, two of the smartest scouts I've talked to, both had Williams and sold him to me and he was number 12. I like I moved him up for 30. He was number 12 on my board and moving him up to 7 I think he's got the chance to be very unique. Uh, I, it's very tough to picture what type of player he could be because there's not many guys who are 6'8", 230, um, who can handle and pick and rolls, who can knock down threes, who can pull up off the dribble, who can defend multiple positions, you know, defensive playmaking, um, and a guy who can impact the game without needing many shots. He's just a very unique player. Uh, and from, from what I hear off the floor, he's a hard worker. He comes from a good program. I'm willing to gamble on him, even though he's also the youngest NCAA prospect in the draft. It may take a couple of years for it to all come together, but there's just not a lot of guys you really love in this draft. I he's a, Patrick Williams is someone I'm willing to roll the dice on. I have a sell right behind him at number eight. I have James Wiseman at number nine. Number ten, I'm I'm still I'm still buying Tyrese Maxey. I think he's he may end up going in the late teens, early twenties, based on some of the people I talked to. I think he's got the chance to be. A total, you know, great by-low pick. People jumped off the wagon after his shooting percentages fell, but he shared the ball with Hagen's SEC leader and assists. He shared the ball with Emmanuel Quickly, SEC player of the year, and he still averaged 14 points a game while shooting poorly. I think he's a better shooter than the numbers suggest. I think he's just a good overall player. Uh, where are we? Number 11, Isaac Okoro. 12, Cole Anthony, who I think is going to score in the league. You know, I don't know if he's going to make guys around him better. I kind of like him more as a scoring two-guard than a lead decision-maker. Jalen Smith, I moved to thirteen. Again, after talking to some scouts, you know, they some scouts I talked to have him top ten, uh, have him higher than Okungu actually. Um, really improved his body. He's going to be physical around the basket for dunking, finishing, rebounding, and shot blocking. And he can shoot, and not just catch and shoot, but he can shoot off movement. Um, and and I think there's a, a couple flashes here from attacking closeouts. And, and some of the guys I talked to think he's. Able to do a little more than he was able to show at Maryland. Also, Dow was from the military. He's a hard worker. He's somebody you want to bet on. 14, Josh Green. I think he's totally undervalued in this draft. Super athletic. Unbelievably quick defensively. Um, great floater touch. Capable set shot maker. May not be a, a playmaker or a shot creator, but I think he's going to be a very good complementary player and a two-way player. 15, Halliburton. 16, Pokushevsky. At this point, it's just a matter of, like, you know, where do you want to gamble? Um, He could be a nobody. He could be one of the stars of this draft. Of course, he could be somewhere in between. Um, I think it's just a matter of, you know, where do you want to gamble? I think he's just too skilled for a seven footer with his shooting, with his passing, open floor ball handling. Like, my confidence level in him, you know, of this stuff translating at a high level at the NBA isn't super high, but. The other guys that we're looking at on the board, like I'd just rather gamble uh, on Pokashevsky at 16. Kyra Lewis, someone brought it up to me on Twitter, and if you're listening, you know, feel free. I'll give you a shout-out. I forget. He reminds me so much of Dennis Schroeder. That's the type of guy I expect Kyra Lewis to be. Grant Riller at 18, just too good uh, with his shot creation, his shot-making. I think he has the quickness to continue to execute. Maybe not play-make for others, but I think he's in the score at the NBA level. Tyrell Terry, number 19. Um, and number twenty, I moved Cassius Winston up. I mean, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna fall for this again. Uh, the fact that he's 22, he doesn't jump high, he's not fast, he's undersized, like he's just too good. Sometimes you just have to simplify it. Um, and he also has the intangibles to make it work. I could just picture, you know, in a couple of years being like, I can't believe we didn't we looked at Cassius Winston. And we're like, oh, you know, we didn't buy him because he was a senior. He's just too good. Uh, even if he's a backup point guard, I think he's an impact player and somebody who I think can defy the typical laws of upside. 21, Sadiq Bey. I don't know what else translates other than his shooting and size, uh, but I think that combination, uh, can, he can find a, a good role in this league, just being a stretch four. I love him for a fit with the New Orleans Pelicans. I've talked about that a lot. Xavier Tillman, I moved up to 22 from maybe 27, I think he was last time. Another guy I'm just feeling safer about. Sticking long-term adding value with his IQ at both ends of the floor and being a defensive specialist. 23, presses Chua. 24, Aaron Neesmith uh, as a shooting specialist. I don't buy anything else translating, but he can make shots, and that counts. 25, Skylar Mays. I've talked about him as my steal of the draft. Um, 25, I think, is, is appropriate. I kind of had him higher last time, but um, I've moved guys ahead of him like Tillman and Winston, who I think have higher floors. 26, R.J. Hampton. i talked to some scouts who just don't see it. And honestly, for the same reason why I question him. I know he's a big, big-time athlete, really explosive, but what's his skill? What, what does he do in the, in the NBA other than get out in the open floor and blow-by guys and, and ball screens? That's nice, but he's not a point guard. He's not a shooter. He's not really a, a go-to scorer. Big-time athlete, does a little bit of everything, but not much of one thing. 27, Desmond Bain. Just love his fit shooting, passing, defensive IQ. Leandro Balmaro, who I moved down a lot, just signed a three-year deal with Barcelona. He does have an NBA out. Um, the more I thought about it, the more I'm just like, okay, I love his, his passing from the wing, but can he score and can he shoot? Uh, and, and if he can't, that really hurts his value. 29, Malachi Flynn. I think he's going to be a steal, um, particularly if he goes to a good team um, and he just you know plays backup role. Um, and number 30, Jamias Ramsey. He's got a lot of question marks in terms of his defensive lapses, his shot selection, but 6'4", a strong frame, You know, big-time shot maker, 80th percentile isolation. I think he's going to find a role as an instant offense scoring threat. Uh, so that's my top 30. Um, I'll try and get a guest on next week. I'm sorry I haven't had that much time. Uh, it's just been a crazy, uh, crazy time in my personal life. Um, a lot of shit's going down in Bleacher Report. And, uh, it's really disappointing for, obviously, my fellow colleagues, um, but also for sports journalism in general. It's been, uh, the morale is low. But anyway, we're going to keep pushing along. We got the NBA draft. Uh, well, it's supposed to be mid-October. I'm guessing it gets pushed back. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to try and keep the draft conversation going. Send me any questions, any thoughts you have. And as always, thanks for listening. Don't forget... Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at BetOnline have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return to sports, and remember the casinos never close. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.